Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello fellow earthlings and welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. Today we will tackle spectacular practical jokes. And we're going to start off with uh, a little bit of April Fool's tomfoolery and then go into more broadly used um, practical jokes that are well known to history as far as the historians that know or keep up with, uh, you know, practical jokes, hoodwinks, very famous ones. Some, some you'll know, many you won't. However, we're going to do this anyway. I've got my uh, Milo's. Unsweet tea and lemonade blend here tonight. And so let's kick it off. By the way, it's been a pretty good football weekend. But that has nothing to do with this, so I'm not going to tangent out just yet. Let's talk about the origins of April Fool's Day. Now, it is stated that not all April Fool's experts agree and there are April Fool's experts, apparently. But many agree that April Fool's Day originated in 16th century France when Pope Gregory XIII stated that the new year will begin on January 1st instead of the end of March. Those who fail to follow this new calendar will be dubbed April Fish. Apparently that was a uh, practical joke in the 1600s. I mean, in the 1500s. I don't know. It's just what it tells me. Um, other April Fool's quote-unquote experts claim it originated from ancient spring festivals that included mischief-making, which would really be... The, the opposite end of Halloween, which was an ancient uh, festival in the fall. So both would be around the equinoxes, wouldn't they? Somehow, the stars and the planets and their alignments and the sun and the moon from this planet how people came about to adding meaning and cause and effect by them just mystifies me. It utterly mystifies me. Especially hundreds and hundreds of years ago when they're trying to say Jupiter and Saturn are doing this. How do you know that's what it is? How do you know where it is? What, was there five people on the planet that knew about it? 
back then. It is just amazing how huge and common this knowledge is. I go by this planting by the signs when I when I plant my gardens, and sometimes when I do food plots. Food plots typically are like growing grass, except you're growing wheat and oats and maybe some other supplements that grow in there with them. Food plots for deer, that is. Um, and rabbit, you know, we don't mind if rabbits get in our food plots. So April Fool's Day, apparently that was <laughs> some kind of thing. One of the greatest early April Fool pranks took place in Great Britain. BBC, which is a television company in England, did this hoax and they broadcast it. In 1957 on a show called Panorama. And they reported that thanks to a mild winter, Swiss farmers were able to grow a bumper spaghetti crop. And then the news broadcast a three-minute report of Swiss farmers collecting uh, soft spaghetti from trees. <laughs> they, they took the time to cook a lot of spaghetti, hang a lot of spaghetti in these trees, and then filmed people harvesting, quote-unquote, it. Thousands and thousands of viewers were fooled. Many of them called the BBC and wanted to know how they could grow their own spaghetti tree. So the BBC advised each caller will you take a sprig of spaghetti put it in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best that really happened in 1957 which was the year that jack kerouac's on the road novel came out i just say that because that was one of my first favorite novels and now we have some short examples of, quote, best April Fool pranks from around the world. In France in 1986, the La Parisienne said that the Eiffel Tower was going to be dismantled and rebuilt inside the new Euro Disney Park. And people believed them, but it never moved. In Denmark in 1965, a Copenhagen newspaper reported that Parliament had passed a law that all dogs were to be painted white to improve road safety because then they could be seen clearly at night. I wonder if people actually painted their dogs white. It gives them... Oh, that's a big yawn. It's midnight, Saturday night, October... Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I shouldn't really be that tired, but I yawned, and I'll probably do it again. We're going to Norway in 1987. That's the year I graduated high school. After reading that the government was planning to distribute 10,000 liters of wine confiscated from smugglers. 
hundreds upon hundreds of citizens turned up carrying empty bottles and buckets in order to collect the free wine. There was no free wine. It was, so it looks like government and media is putting on hoaxes. I'm not surprised. Look at our current president. He is a joke. I mean, a hoax. In China, wow, these people probably got put to death. Claiming that it would reduce the need for foreign experts, the China Youth Daily joked in 1993 that the government had decided to exempt PhDs from the nation's one-child-per-family policy. After the foreign press picked up the hoax, the government condemned April Fool's Day as a Western tradition, and it was no longer allowed to be observed. You see, China had this one-child-per-family policy, and they preferred you have a boy, not that you had any, you know, hand in making it male or female. It was also rumored that in China, in these, in these decades back then, if a family had a second child, that child was sent to some family or relatives that did not have a child. Or the older child was turned loose into the wild. Or the child was hidden and then turned loose into the wild. And that in the rural areas of China... There were, it was like, what's that? The Mosquito Coast. It was, you know, bands of children stealing and begging to survive in the wilderness. That's kind of a, it's not a certain, I've, I've read about it, I've heard about it. I would imagine China would, uh, oppress that story getting out of the country like they do everything. But you got to think in some numbers it happened for sure. So in Great Britain, in 1980, the BBC again announced that Big Ben, London's historic clock tower, would undergo a facelift and would become a digital clock face to keep up with the times. Londoners were enraged and flooded the station with complaints. It is still... Oh, and they were going to give away the clock hands to the first four people that showed up. Oh, no, the first four people that called the BBC. And they got calls from everywhere, including an Asian sailor on a boat out in the Atlantic who picked up the... He wanted a clock hand. No one got any clock hands. They're still up on the Big Ben. If you don't believe me, go see it. In Canada in 2008, WestJet Airlines advertised its overhead cabin bins as, quote, among the most spacious of any airline and said it would charge passengers an extra $12 to use them as sleeper cabins. I imagine no one slept in the overhead bins. I bet they let it kid get in there just for fun and then made him get out. Ooh, there goes that yawn again. Some tea will wake me up, right? 
in Taiwan in 2009, the Taipei Times claimed that Taiwan-China relations were dealt a severe setback yesterday when it was found that the Taipei Zoo's pandas are not what they seem. Unquote. The paper reported that the pandas, which were gifts from the Chinese government, were actually brown forest bears that had been dyed to resemble pandas. Among the complaints sent to the paper was one of the zoo's directors. It was just a April Fool's Day hoax. It'll be okay. And in Germany, in 2009, a BMW, no, excuse me, BMW, the auto company, ran an ad promoting its new magnetic tow technology. The invention would enable drivers to turn off their engines and get a free ride by locking onto the car ahead of them by a magnetic beam. I imagine some gullible people, you know, some people who lacked street smarts or mechanical smarts probably fell for it. But a lot of these just would gather laughs. So on this article with April Day, April Fool's Day capers, there are some corporate, uh, a couple of corporate hoaxes. You know, Google's done them, Microsoft, BMW, Guinness, and Virgin Records regularly get in on the fun. Let's see. In 1996, and I, I remember this. I, I think I remember this. Whew, I didn't believe it. In 1996, the fast food chain Taco Bell announced it had purchased the famous Liberty Bell and claimed it would be renamed the Taco Liberty Bell and relocating and they would relocate it from Philadelphia to its headquarters in California. Taco Bell claimed the publicity hoax increased sales by 1 million in over a 24-hour period. It didn't happen. See, here's the thing about Taco Bell, and this is about 98, 1997, either 96, 7, or 8. Or 99 even, somewhere in there. It was late 90s. I was living on Folly Beach outside of Charleston. And, you know, you drive to town across James Island, over a bridge to James Island, over a bridge, downtown Charleston. Well, on James Island, there was a Taco Bell. And it was the time when Shaquille O'Neal was a spokesman for Taco Bell. And he did that commercial where he tilted his head to the side so that he could eat a gordita or a giant taco or whatever they were plugging that was so big he had to turn his head to bite it. And they had these life-size Shaquille O'Neal cardboard cutouts with him with his head tilted to the side. And they had it pasted up in the front window of that Taco Bell. Well, at night... The inside of the Taco Bell would be lit, but the outside was not as lit. And so you saw the silhouette of Shaquille O'Neal's life-size 
cardboard cutout with his head tilted to the side in the window. And it basically 100% looked like a large black man hanging in the window of Taco Bell. How it stayed there for so long is beyond me, how no one else saw that or realized, whoa, that looks like a lynched black man. That's not cool. So I wonder if Shaquille O'Neal has any of those swag items in his uh, man cave or something. Like the one where he's hanging in the window at Taco Bell. I remember that so vividly. I think he was playing for the Lakers at the time. Anyway, doesn't matter. Google once insisted that it was launching a broadband service using cables that would run through the sewer system. In fact, its reputation for pranking was such that when the company launched its Gmail service, which is email, in 2004, very few believed it was real. I don't do Google. I do uh, DuckDuckGo, so I don't know what Google does anymore. Sometimes I'll do Google Earth. That's about it. YouTube in 2009, on April 1st, turned some of its videos upside down. Then they had a page on tips for viewing the new layout, which suggested they hang their monitors upside down from the ceiling to watch the videos right side up. So that would be the April April Fool's ones. And then I've got another. I got to go up here. This is from Reader's Digest Canada. On uh, 15 shocking pranks, practical jokes, and hoaxes from 2020. And it was not April Fool's Day when this article was written. But it says, in honor of April Fool's Day, here are... 600 years of fast ones that you won't believe people actually pulled off. Right. So, in the 1400s, a monk named Thomas Betson, I imagine in England, pulled off one of the earliest documented practical jokes known to history. He would hollow out apples and put large beetles inside them and laugh at monks who believe the rocking apple was mysteriously possessed. Yeah. There was a, this is 1835, there was a great moon hoax thought to have been the first big media hoax. The New York Sun printed an article claiming that astronomers have discovered life on the moon. More articles about it appeared over the next few weeks, and the country became gripped by moon fever. And that's all they got for me and you. That's all they have to say. Here's the probably the most famous one. In 1938, Orson Welles did his radio broadcast of War of the Worlds, and he convinced millions of listeners that the Earth was under attack by aliens. 
People fled their homes, went to churches and prayed, and many cursed Wells name, who eventually became a well-known actor, director, producer for his hoax, War of the Worlds. I wonder if people wrecked or uh, perished in their mania because of this. Quite a reader, though. Here's the 1957 pasta plants. Nope. In 1959, a prankster extraordinaire, quote-unquote, named Alan Abel, dreamed up this campaign calling for animals to wear clothing. He formed the Society for Indecency to Naked Animals. And the spokesperson, G. Clifford Prout, appeared on Today, a show, apparently on TV, to promote the group's catchy slogan, A Nude Horse is a Rude Horse. Well, about 50,000 concerned citizens signed their petition. And even Walter Cronkite, the journalist, was hoodwinked by this ruse. Until it was discovered that this man, Clifford Prout, was actually comedian Buck Henry, who later became a writer for Saturday Night Live. And, and an actor, you know, he was kind of a straight man on Saturday Night Live. Here's an interesting one. In 1962, the broadcasting technician for Sweden's lone television station appeared on the news and announced that thanks to a new technology, viewers can convert their black and white TV or the black and white broadcasts into color. All they had to do was pull a pair of nylon stockings over their TV screen. Thousands of people tried it. Um, this man also said if it wasn't working properly to rock back and forth so you could see through the, uh, the uh, breathable passages in, in pantyhose. Still didn't work, believe it or not. And, I, and this one I didn't understand. In 1985, Sports Illustrated ran a story about a man named Sid Finch, a Mets, a New York Mets rookie pitcher with odd training methods that helped him throw a baseball 168 miles per hour with pinpoint accuracy, even though he had never played the actual game of baseball before. What he had done instead, he claimed, was master the art of the pitch in the mountains of Tibet. Well, in reality, Sid Finch was a creation of the author George Plimpton, who just made the story up. Is that a prank? No. Is that a practical joke? Uh, weak. What was the other one? Is it a hoax? Yes. All right, we did the Taco Bell one. Ooh. In 1997, it was stated. Uh, where does it say it was stated? It was a widely circulated email. 
that the chemical compound DHMO is colorless, odorless, and kills thousands of people every year through, quote, accidental inhalation, unquote. And there was a calling for its ban. Furthermore, it is stated that this DHMO is a major component of acid rain and it is, quote, found in almost every stream, lake, and reservoir in America. After this information was spread, one California town became so alarmed that residents debated banning foam cups, which are shown to contain DHMO. But upon learning that DHMO is actually H2O, or water, they had been duped. Burger King in 1998 decided to add a new item to their menu, the left-handed Whopper. Does anyone remember this? It was designed especially for left-handers for Southpaws. According to Burger King, the new Whopper included the same ingredients as the original, but all the condiments were rotated 180 degrees for the left-handed experience. I think that's just a joke, really. Well, I mean, what else? That's not a hoax. It's just a gag. And that's what Burger King makes me do is gag. Their meat tastes funny. And that brings me to conspiracy theory that involves a lot of companies, but the one that makes the most sense to me is Burger King because... Just hear me out. There's this world child sex trade slavery uh, cartel going on around the planet. And a lot of high-end and famous people supposedly are involved. And when children are raised into it or kidnapped into it, they never get out. They usually die or are ritually killed. But then you have to get rid of the bodies. And it's been rumored that Burger King's meat contains some of this uh, human tissue, if you will. And I've tasted Burger King before in the past, and it's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't taste right. So I ain't going back to Burger King. I didn't go into Burger King. That's what they said on that that movie. Uh, Get the shot! I can't think of the name of the movie. Uh, with Samuel L. Jackson, I need my number two, and John Travolta by Quentin Tarantino. Anyway, it was a Pulp Fiction movie. Yeah, it was called Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Better drink some tea on that since I... I hate when I'm out of tea because I got to go pour more, but I can't. So you got to do this ridiculous show. In 2004, Compensation Con is the title. On the twenty, on the twentieth anniversary of the Bhopal, India chemical plant disaster that killed thousands of people, 
A representative from Dow told a BBC audience that the company finally accepted full responsibility for the tragedy and that they plan to compensate victims to the tune of $12 billion. Only after Dow's stock plummeted did the BBC or anyone else realize that this Dow representative was not connected with Dow at all, but was connected to a political prankster group called the Yes Men. Seems like they'd be a little liable for uh, damages. In 2004, at the annual Yale-Harvard football game, which happened today and Yale won, Yale students dressed as the Harvard pep squad went to the Harvard side, distributed placards to their rivals fans, and then on cue, when the Harvard cheer team had them lift up the placards to spell whatever they were going to spell, it spelled, we suck. <laughs> that's a good, that's a great practical joke, gag, blah, blah, blah. That's hilarious. There's another one in here on another page. I'll have, oh, that came out of nowhere that I'll have to uh, get to that Caltech did. Google, in 2007, introduces TISP. Toilet Internet Service Provider, which supplies free broadband via the sewer system. Is this the last one I read? The, users, the user flushes one end of a fiber optic cable down his toilet. An hour later, it's recovered and connected to the Internet by a team of plumbing hardware dispatchers. Chat rooms are filled with interesting parties asking, can this be true? And a lot of the people that are smarter than the average toad we're like no it's not true the tower of tetris that one really didn't do it for me either there's one about sarah palin whom i really like and it was just someone taking advantage of her uh uh speech writing or questionnaire or something where you're just you know, taking the questions hit after hit and they slip in a, you know, they slip a hot dog in the punch, so to speak. Okay, let's back this up and find the one. I did that one. Find the two. There it is. The wonders of technology. Yeah. All right. Big Ben. In 1978, in Sydney, Australia, many citizens were surprised to find a giant iceberg floating in the middle of City Harbor. It had been rumored that the iceberg was delivered directly from Antarctica and was um, available to win through a drawing. Audience, audiences became excited 
and representatives of the Australian Navy even offered to assist in its mooring. The hype continued until it rained and washed the fire foam off of the sheets of white plastic that made the quote-unquote iceberg. Okay, we did the Taco Bell, Liberty Bell. MIT students turned a building, a green building, into a giant Tetris with lights, LED lights, and oh, they, it was thought to do in 1993. They didn't do it until 2012. They had falling lights like Tetris that you could play with controls out in front of the building. It took them until 2012 to finish their idea. 153 window Tetris screen on a building. Kind of cool. Okay, it was the Caltech rugby fans. During an inter-university rugby championship in 1961, students of the California Institute of Technology, a.k.a. Caltech, replaced the instruction cards of the fans of the team from Washington. As a result, when the University of Washingtonians were holding up their placards, the placard said Caltech. And a nice little ruse, kind of like, kind of like, we suck of being Harvard. In 1992, NPR reported that Richard Nixon, this is not like NPR to do something like this. Wow. I wonder if this was April Fool's Day. In 1992, National Public Radio reported that Richard Nixon, who resigned from the presidency in 1974 over Watergate, which was not a big deal, well, Nixon had begun to put forward his candidacy for president in the Republican Party. To confirm his story, the radio even played Nixon's speech, which was edited, in which he stated, I've never done anything wrong. And really, he did not do anything wrong. Bill Clinton did worse stuff than him. Obama did worse stuff than him. Oh, my gosh. Biden is doing worse than him every day. But let's not get political. Okay, there's the black and white TV. Um, in 1962, a statue from Easter Island was found on the beach in the Netherlands. A few days later, on April Fool's Day, an expert flew in from Norway to inspect the figure who stated that it was, yes, indeed, a genuine artifact from the South Pacific Ocean. And the statue was put on display in the city center. By the end of the day, a Dutch sculptor named Ido van Tetterode arose and admitted that he had created this, quote, artifact on the beach. Yeah. This one is not very good. That's the last one I got, so why not go out with a... The Alabama legislature in 1998 changed mathematics, science, and the world forever by declaring that the mathematical constant pi would now be 3.0 instead of the usual 3.14159. Well, that's what they claimed... But April Fool's Day being that day, 
made people suspicious. Even Alabama lawmakers didn't know about the hoax until they started receiving hundreds of protest calls. I guess math petitions. And so that's all the ones that are worldly and historic. Now there's a ton on here of just great pranks and gags that you can play on everyone you ever know. But I don't want to read those. I don't want to read pranks and practical jokes and professional wrestling. <laughs> Harmless pranks to play on your friends. Star Trek pranks. Golf pranks. Wedding pranks and jokes. Oh, the ultimate list of practical jokes. I'll look over this since it's 36 minutes. And just give it another minute. Maybe find a, oops, find a short one. Um... No, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm going to roll through these for a second. Oh, these are so lame. Illinois Bell. What is this? Hand lotion inside of an air hose on the final assembly line is effective, but very vindictive. Use with caution. <laughs> Reverse the horizontal yoke leads on terminals. This is automotive, I guess. And the standard saran wrap across women's toilets. Where you sit down, you can't see it, and you pee, and it just gets all over you. Cairo syrup flower in the shower. Water-filled surgical tubing jammed into a drawer. Ah, the good old days. Yeah, we're not going to go any further in this stuff unless a word jumps out. Anything else I can think of? I've, I've done a few in my time. I think I've told it sometime about when I poured the trash can full of water and refuse and soft scrub and Mark Brown's pee on a drunk sorority girl who was bad-mouthing our fraternity house on campus. It was poured out the second-story window and I didn't look, but Mark looked out, and it was a direct hit. And uh, we were real proud of ourselves. We And our officers knew we did it, but didn't care. Um, pranks, pranks. Gosh, the best prank in college. It was a go-to standard prank. And in the 1980s, nobody locked their cars. They'd even leave the windows down. Usually didn't leave the keys in it, but that didn't matter for this prank. You see your friend's car on campus in the parking lot. Doors open or the windows down, so you get in. You turn, okay, if it's summer or warm, you turn the heat control all the way up on high. Then you turn the fan on high. I'm not so sure turn on the volume. Some, on some stereos, the volume would turn up whether the car was on or not. You turn on the windshield wiper uh, 
little arm over here. Maybe even a blinker on bright or something if, if that card does that. Um, that usually does it. And if everything works the way it's supposed to, you get in the car and when you crank it, the stereo's blasting and so it's loud. But you notice the windshield wipers are going, so you turn the loud down first. If that car will do it with the loud. It just seems like some of them did back then or we wouldn't have done it. So then they turn off the windshield wipers and they're like, good Lord. And they calm, and they get in their car, and they start driving home or wherever they're going, and they're like, man, it's getting hot in here. Why in the heck is it so hot in my car? My feet are on fire. Look down. Why is the heat on full blast? <laughs> oh, my. That was such a beautiful, harmless prank. I wonder if you could do those these days. I guess you could with the windshield wipers. And maybe the... No, it's... I don't know if you could do that with the heat. These are old school 80s, 1980s, 1970s vehicles. We were doing this. Um. Oh, the pranks, the pranks. Man, if you passed out, if you were obnoxious, and if you were... Um, annoying, yet you're a fraternity member and you passed out, even in your own room, in your own bed, you were toast. There's a few of us, not always me. You got the magic markers, you got the sharpies, you got the toothpaste if you needed it, you got the shaving cream. We once, it was usually just one guy we did all this too, but the best one was we shaving creamed him up. Like we wrote all over him, shaving creamed him up, and then wrapped him in toilet paper to where he looked like a mummy and stuck sunglasses on him. Oh man, I think someone took a picture of that. I'd love to see that. I'd love to share that. That was a good one. Yeah, you passed out, you usually got written on. With a Sharpie. Or pins, you know, if you didn't have a Sharpie. <sighs> well, that's it. It's been a good week. It's been a good weekend, I, I think. Um, People, my loved ones seem to be doing well, and that makes me happy. Um, Family's good. Friends are good. My neighbors are good. You know, you can't ask for any more than that. Talk to a couple of more Cantonian local strangers and had friendly, brief but friendly conversations. I would say how I just never had a negative, never had a negative issue in this town. And sometimes they flock to me I'd have to be in Madison Risner or Jackson really to get in trouble with my you know now that I'm out in the country and I don't have to 
deal with as many people when I do get into public I tend to get a little more opinionated but I try to keep it to myself because what's the what's the difference it doesn't matter you just need to be friendly and spread that ripple of kindness that's that's our goal leave a happier world for our children that's my goal um I got a deer since last we talked I already processed it in a deer burger gave some to my neighbor since it was on his property um, made burgers two nights ago put some provolone cheese on there a little mustard a little more ketchup sliced uh, yellow onion raw onion it might have been Vidalia onions because they were pretty pretty mild so good man anyway I'm out of tea and I'm out of time and I'm out of being awake I gotta pick out a song and do all that stuff hey I love all you people I mean it I really do I've just got an affinity for human kind because that's what we have here on this earth and you just got to get along you you've got to make it a point of getting along if I can get along with my ex-wife not that we had a hate-filled thing we never did she just had to go she had to move on for whatever internal reasons and because it just wasn't you know fireworks and bouquets around not a bad not a big loss find someone better right a lot of people on this planet eight billion figure i can find one or two anyway now i can say that i wish for you each and every one to have peace because i'm a picker i'm a grinner i'm a lover and I'm a sinner I play my music in the sun I'm a joker I'm a smoker I'm a midnight toker I get my loving on the run I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight